to Five Blossom Radio with your host, Denise Richard. Five Blossom Empowerment is based on an unusual model for growth, combining elements of the arts, health, and spirituality. Now, here is Denise Richard. Welcoming you today to Five Blossom Radio with Denise Richard. Uh, today, our topic, tuning into the world of personal frequency. So our guest is Gail Dielman, and she's here with us. Um, Gail, could you please please say hello? Hi, I'm delighted to be here, Denise, and whoever's out there listening. Wonderful. Can you tell us a bit about um, tell us a bit about yourself, please? Sure. Well, I'm currently uh, a teacher and a coach in the Vancouver area. Uh, I work with people looking to maximize their spiritual and personal potential through uh, through the subject of frequency. So I work with yoga teachers and healers and um, people generally on an alternative path um, so that they can uh, more effectively share their gifts with the world and help to make the world a better place. So Thank I've been you. a professional yoga and meditation teacher for more than 25 uh, years. And mm-hmm. during that time, I've owned my own yoga studio, more than one actually. So I've been a, an entrepreneur. I've uh, trained and certified yoga teachers. I was mentored at the uh, Kripalu Center for Yoga and Health in Massachusetts and started off um, uh, being mentored there and directing their yoga teacher training programs. And then in the early 2000s, I was one of the first yoga teachers in the area to begin training yoga teachers in the Vancouver area. So I did that for about a decade, and um, I hosted a TV show, a public access show for a while. Um, I was sort of one of the pioneers in destination yoga retreats, taking people to um, Mexico for yoga vacations and for trainings. And uh, actually, on those journeys, I also um, studied shamanism with a Mayan elder there, Elder Hunbat's men, for a period of years, uh, touring the pyramids and learning a bit more about Mayan cosmology and Mayan spirituality. So Wonderful. that has all led me to where I am today doing this work. Wow, thank you. Well, the topic which you chose, which I thought was a good one for us to uh, engage in, is you call it personal frequency or vibration. And you write that it's the vibe that you present to the world. It's the quality of your consciousness that radiates through your personal being, the sum total of all vibrations that reside within. I thought that was pretty complete. Can you, how did you, how did you come, come to this? How did you come to this way of working or this way of, of, uh, um, of talking about uh, your work? Well, I guess, um, you know, from an early age, I've always had, you know, a spiritual kind of inclination and a desire to want to understand the invisible elements of, li- of life, you might say, the, the subtle dimensions of things. And um, that was true throughout my yoga career as well, although I've been a fitness instructor and I've been a Hatha yoga teacher and very physically oriented, the area that's always fascinated me the most has to do with the subtle energy fields and the, you know, the prana body, the chakra system, and the many altered states of consciousness that we enter into in uh, meditative awareness. And so it's always been an area of fascination, and um, really it was the these tools to do with personal frequency that help me confront challenges in my own life and to transform those challenges, learn how to be the alchemist and transform the lead in the difficult experiences into gold, the learning and the opportunities that come from the learning. So, yeah. mm-hmm. What I like about what you just said is that you, you've understood that through yoga there's a specific language and that language is within its own field understood to a certain degree. But what I like what you've done is you've taken that language and created a, a way of speaking that in people in general can understand the, con- the concept of frequency versus the language of yoga. So I like that you've, it seems like to me you've, you've expanded into a way of discourse. Can you tell us a little bit about what that means to you? Where does, where would you, 
where did your story start there? Um, well, let me see. Uh, I, I guess uh, in my studies of, of yoga, there was always the uh, desire in learning about yoga philosophy and some of the metaphysical esoteric elements of yoga. There was always a desire to want to bring it back uh, into very practical terms for my students back home, because during a lot of the time when I was being educated in yoga, I was traveling from my home in Winnipeg, Canada, to Massachusetts, where the yoga center was, and so I would have these intensive periods of a month or two of learning and pra- intensive practice and meditation, and then I would need to kind of distill it down and um, really hone in on the practical elements that I could share in my yoga classes at my yoga studio uh, for my students back home in Winnipeg. And so I think I just began to naturally think in those terms and, uh, you know, what I saw and understood was that all the parts of us are interrelated. And once we focus in on one part and begin to make improvements in that one part of our lives, uh, in the physical element, you might say, through yoga or exercise, we automatically affect, affect the other parts of our lives begin to improve also. So it's like we begin to pull the thread wherever we're at. You know, if we're feeling disconnected from our bodies or physically exhausted, then, you know, we can begin with taking comfort and rest and maybe seeking out restorative yoga kinds of classes that are very gentle and calming in nature. And then from there... Um, begin to expand it out into our lifestyle in general and begin to look at, you know, how is the frequency of the food that we're taking in, if you want to put it in those terms, and what's the quality of our relationship like? How how are we, you know, um, blending and interacting with other people? And, you know, the finances, the, the uh, work aspects of it, the spiritual aspects of it, all of it are Thank interconnected. You. So that's that's what I found from working with students in my own studio over about 30, 25 or 30 year period and working with it in my own life as well. Do you have um, a story that describes or way of describing or helping us understand a little bit about um, your own personal journey in that, like, um, it seems that you're doing a lot of caregiving, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of service work. Is there anything you can tell us about that? Yes, well, um, you know, I I was always uh, in um, professions or working in a capacity where I was leading a lot of groups, Um, you know, first owning my own fitness center and being an aerobics instructor, you know, I was the person out front, you know, cheerleading and coaching people and needing to keep my, both my physical fitness very high, but also my um, personal frequency very high in order to be able to um, motivate um, my students. And so um, there was that piece. And then um, during the years that I was um, studying and going to Kripalu, I um, I discovered that it wasn't an easy transition for me, moving back and forth between the spiritual side of things and the physical material side of things, and particularly being an entrepreneur, working with what's considered to be a a spiritual kind of a topic. I found that it's not an easy fit. And, you know, although I really excelled at tuning into the needs of my students, you know, because I was personally sensitive to frequency and maybe a natural empath, I was able to lead them into deep inward experiences. Uh, but on the business side of things, it was really challenging for me to switch, switch gears, you might say. Um, and I discovered that I have a lot of limiting beliefs about money. You know, money's the root of all evil. It's, you know, it's somehow not uh, it's part of life that's not as elevated as the spiritual. And so I had these natural biases, I suppose, that I didn't even realize that I had that caused me to neglect the the business side of things. And so, you know, again and again, I would make one mistake after another. I'd make good money, but then not really manage it well. I'd have 
successes, great successes, and then failures, successes and failures. And, you know, I write about this quite extensively on my webpage um, in my life path about how I call it uh, a crooked line. You know, the path mm-hmm. of my life has been a crooked line with lots of successes and failures. And, you know, the successes are like the crests of the wave. They're, they're fun, the outward successes. They're enjoyable when everything's, you know, flowing and moving well and you're kind of climbing that wave of success, perhaps building a business, getting known for something in your community. Um, that part takes hard work, but it's also kind of easy <laughs> to ride that wave. Um, but in between, there are the, the fallow, the troughs in the wave and the kind of fallow periods and um, when things don't seem to be moving, uh, when opportunities don't seem to be coming as easily. And if you're not aware of these larger cycles of life, because we not only exist within uh, a realm of personal frequency, you know, all the various frequencies that reside within us that are, you know, from our brainwave states uh, uh, to our heartbeat, the, the magnetic uh, resonance of our heart fields to the electrical charges in our atoms and our subatomic particles, you know, all of that makes up our frequency, but we don't live in a vacuum. We are interconnected with nature with the frequencies of others all around us, with all of life, and there are these much bigger cycles um, of energy that we move through as well. And so, so not being aware of that and encountering those kind of fallow periods, for me, led to um, confusion, I suppose, you know, making wrong choices, having periods of indecision, and, you know, not being um, really clear on what some of my limiting beliefs and, you know, the underlying fears uh, that were driving me in the early years, um, I, you know, I ran into all kinds of challenges and got really, really stuck, I guess you could say. Uh, for, in the last period, you know, lasting about 10 years of being really stuck, both in my professional life and in my personal life, and there was a back injury, and, um, you know, I kind of ended up broken, broken at a certain point. And mm-hmm. I had been giving, giving, giving to my students and not really giving to myself and nurturing myself in some very fundamental ways. And so during that time, I took everything that I had learned, everything that I had been applying um, in my professional life and with my students, with my clients, and I applied it all to myself and um, began the healing process there. So I'm thanking you. I'm listening and I'm hearing that we we approach life uh, expecting, don't we? We expect that you know things are going to go well. If I'm if I'm kind, if I'm doing good, everything's going to move accordingly. And then you start yes. describing how you had these very strong experience of good and not good. And yeah. when you're when you're speaking to that, I, I get this image. I get the image of the curve, you know, the the, the wave of frequency that we we, mm-hmm. we describe, you know, as as life does that to us. It can't. It, there is no streamline. We, there's. It, it is going to be a series of movements up and down. I'd love to hear a little bit about what was it internally that moved you to be able to take that understanding that yes there are highs and there are lows but how do you manage the the integration of that and 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 serve yourself and serve others can you speak to that is there something you can share about how did you touch that place inside that said oh, i can i can harmonize with this right well, it, you know, it took me years, really. Um, it doesn't always, it doesn't necessarily have to take that long, but I guess I was a particularly, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, we know how to be a learner. Uh, I have a lot of earth in my astrological chart, and so um, when I get stuck, I can get really stuck. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, so it really decided, I, I was really having a pity party for myself um, for quite a while, and it was like I had blinders on, particularly when 
when I was um, um, suffering from a herniated disc. You know, I had, had had helped a friend move and lifted something heavy, and suddenly my back went out. And you know, later after suffering for months and not really knowing, thought it was just a pulled muscle, but it was actually a herniated disc. And then, you know, the doctors really aren't able to help. Um, too much with that other than to to manage pain. And so that pain and that injury, um, I suppose, was one of the doorways that led me into my own healing process because I really knew that if anyone had the self-awareness and the information of how to overcome a challenge like this and to heal it, it would be someone like me who's been trained as a yoga teacher Um and so I, and at the same time, it came as such a shock because I had always been so healthy and strong. And um, but we all have our we all have our limits. And I guess I had reached mine. And I, it all it was like the perfect storm. Not only was there a physical injury, but there was an emotional betrayal in my relationship occurring at the same time. There were financial losses, a big financial loss that occurred with my um, attempt to open a new and improved yoga studio in another location. And so, what I, you know, what I'd learned was that um, that it's important to take a step back at these times and to get the helicopter perspective of what's going on in life. Because mm-hmm. even though I had a valid reason for why my back went out. It's all, it's all related. And mm-hmm. the theme of it all, the thread of it all, um, had to do with how I was not doing a very good job of supporting myself and really taking care of my um, most fundamental needs, you know, giving myself enough uh, nurturance and time to replenish and to heal, not looking after the material financial side of things and... Um, and also not receiving the nurturing from others uh, in relationship that I needed because I was a single mother at the time as well, you know, with young children, <laughs> raising twins, trying to run my old my own business and, you know, do all of this completely alone pretty much. Um, so, and, and, you know, I've been pretty good at pulling rabbits out of hats over the years. You know, I, archetypally I have you know, some qualities like being an alchemist, you know, where I can pull a rabbit out of a hat when I need to and manifest what I need. You know, I've done that a lot. And, um, you know, I love the challenge of being an entrepreneur and having to create um, my own circumstances and the freedom to do that. But this particular time, none of that was working. It was, you know, it was all sort of everything came together at once, and I really dug myself in deep at that time, and I guess that's why it took so so long. But it really began, the healing path for me began with choice, with really just making an empowered choice. Yeah, you're talking about choice. yeah. And you're talking so long, also about how for um, sometimes yeah, in certain ahead. curves of our life, it really is really heavy. It is very heavy. Um, and how the, the vibe or the frequency is actually quite low. And in a, in, a, in a state like that, it's not the easiest thing to lift or, let's say, to augment the vibratory rate. What you would have had to do as you said, is learning to pull rabbits out of hat. Obviously, you had to choose. You had to continually choose. Is there anything else that you did that promoted the lifting of that heaviness and opening to a new way of, of, of harmony? Yes, well, yeah, and you're quite right. It was, it was heavy, and it led to emotional consequences as well and a mild depression over many years. And when you slump into a depressive kind of state, um, and, you know, a state of apathy, as you say, it can be really, really difficult to turn that around. It affects your health. It affects, you know, every aspect of who you are. And so for me, what I decided um, was that I needed to give myself the support that was lacking um, in my outer world. I didn't seem to be able to access it internally other than to make this empowered choice. And so I hired a life coach to help me, a spiritual life coach to support me and help me to get back on track 
with my life purpose and what it was that was really um, making meaning for me. So I needed to be inspired and reminded of what my purpose is here on the planet. You know, what am I doing here? <laughs> you know, I'm not so this is a really good good piece for, for people myself. who like to give, isn't it? Where you, you're yeah, a giver, yeah. you're a holder for other people, and eventually you come to understand my circle needs holding too. My, my, I need to build a little bit more positivity around my life in order to help hold a more positive frequency, a little bit more of a, a, a positive association is what you're talking about. Yes. So that's yes, a really absolutely. big piece for, for givers. Yes. Yeah, so, because we do have this this wrapped up in our purpose for being is to want to share with others from the heart and sincerely a desire to want to help make the world a better place. Yes. And so if we're in, you know, in a low place ourselves, of course, we're not really contributing much to the vibratory field around us other than maybe misery for ourselves and probably the misery misery for people that have to spend a lot of time with us. Um so, so it really, it was that desire and the realization that, um, you know, the world needs me, that I had a lot of um, positive experiences and really valuable tools to share uh, with others, you know, so many amazing peak experiences and sensitivity to frequency and, you know, tools with meditation practices and, and yoga and my shamanic experiences and really... Um, it was almost selfish to keep all of that to myself. And you're talking also very kindly to us about a very personal process. And that's not always easy to understand uh, because we're, it's a continual process. It, it changes with time. What are the influences that you can describe that affect us that bring our vibes down? Like what are the things that you've learned? Okay, what did you let go of that really taught you we don't do this we don't do this or I don't uh, support this kind of activity or behavior what are those things that you had to learn about yeah well it really took um, you know as I said stepping back and looking symbolically at my life at where, where I was giving attention and what I was giving attention to in my life um, and um, looking at where I was losing energy and my vibe, you know, my frequency was um, being zapped uh, by, by in that process. So, you know, who was I spending time with in my life and what, you know, who were the positive uh, generators of frequency in my life and who were the ones, you know, who kind of brought me down. So making some hard choices about um, relationships in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at how I could be more fully present and in conscious control of the circumstances of my life and stepping back into that, into the witness consciousness, you know, that I knew mm-hmm. so well from my meditation practice to um, to shine that light on all aspects, you know, um, was I getting enough um, exercise myself, you know, getting out back connected with nature um, was so important because, you know, nature good. is one of the most powerful generators of electromagnetic energy and frequency for us as human beings as well. You know, there's a reason why it feels good to go outside because as human beings we actually resonate with the the Schumann resonance, the Hertz, the 7.8 Hertz is kind of the the uh, resting frequency of the Earth's resonance, and our brain waves you resonate with that frequency as well. And so, just being out in nature, you know, I knew stimulated my um, my feeling of wellness and my own frequency, and um, all my health conditions improved once my physical conditions improved. I know it's getting out and moving, and and um, connecting with nature. And then some of the other things, the most important thing after that was establishing a daily practice and really, you know, sticking to that practice as a remedy for my depression and for, you know, everything that was ailing me. And that practice at first, you know, really didn't look much at all like the kinds of practices I would lead in the classes that I was teaching formerly. 
Um, it was really scaled down and simplified and on some days consisted primarily of a breathing practice of wow. uh, using consciously using my breath to um, shift my mental and emotional state. Um, um, so slowing down breath, applying, you know, belly breathing, uh, let practices to soothe me and calm me, get me back in touch with my body when I was in an anxious state, and more energetic kinds of practices, um, breath practices, you know, when I needed to uh, get moving and get started with things. So, um, yeah. So you really had to learn to tune in. As you said, you know, really had to learn to tune in and sort of begin all over again, and and to apply so much uh, self love and non judgment to the process because it's really hard on one's self esteem. You know, when we meet these kinds of challenges, you discover you know the inner critic voice uh, speaks up loudly. Um, and, you know, also when you've been a public figure, when you've, you know, had a business and TV show and people know you in the community, you also suffer the slings and arrows of public opinion of others, you know, people gossiping and criticizing and, you know, all, all of that feedback that comes to you that even though it may not be said directly to your face, because we are all interrelated in terms of personal vibration, we feel that. We feel that in the field, and it contributes to our own, you know, whatever places within our own selves that aren't uh, healed. So you're describing a very deep process, Gail, that you had to go through. And I'm, I'm looking at how we expect, as we claim a profession, for instance, you chose yoga... You, you you chose personal training a long time ago, or it chose you, mm-hmm. and you chose to come in uh, as a yoga instructor, and you went through many different forms or stages of developing that with with a lot of um, with, with a lot of dedication. It sounds like, and yet you went through a very very deep process of understanding your own yoga, your own your own deeply connected tuning in process that may not look necessarily like anything that we would describe as yoga though it it would be because it's your process I would love to hear a little bit about how you hold the heart now for yourself and and how you you come to share a little bit of that uh, as a yoga instructor uh, yes. Well, these days I'm not uh, I'm not teaching yoga classes in the form that most most listeners might uh, imagine it. But philosophically, um, the yoga principles I, I suppose are the backbone of where I'm coming from. When I work, I work now more one on one with clients, and um, and I work a lot with the seven centers of power, the seven superpowers I call them, which is loosely based on the chakra system from the tradition of yoga, and um, I, I apply that as a blueprint, as a road roadmap, I suppose you could say, for our own personal evolution, and the reason why is because it opens up, it brings our conscious awareness to all of the various aspects of our lives, the practice. Practical physical concerns to yeah, relationship yeah. to matters of the heart to personal empowerment to the to the mental and spiritual realms and so um, I find that working with the system we can very quickly identify the places we are getting stuck and begin to bring attention to those areas and apply various kinds of practices to get in touch with that part of ourselves, that part of our body, that particular issue in life that is being impacted upon at the moment where the crisis or the the trigger may be uh, and begin to unravel what may be underlying that. I'm thanking you, Gail. We're going to take a moment's break and we'll pick that up uh, in one minute. Okay, terrific. Thank you.
world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Five Blossom Gatherings is the website and program from Denise Richard. By visiting fiveblossomgatherings.com, you'll find out more about Denise's professional Tai Chi and Qigong services. Explore her website and view works of art and much more. You can book healing and counseling sessions with Denise. She works with clients who have health interests and concerns. Her programs include knowing your whole body, self-care for your health, and inspiring wholeness. Visit 5BlossomGatherings.com today. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to 5 Blossom Radio. Connect with the program today by calling in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to 5blossomgatherings at gmail.com. Now, back to 5 Blossom Radio. Welcoming you back. This is Denise Richard today speaking with Gail Dealman. And we're talking about frequency, your personal frequency, your personal vibration. And we're looking at how the process of tuning in, the process of learning that uh, is, is actually quite a deep process. Some people um, take a little longer than others. We're talking with Gail Dealman. Gail, can you please let us on. Uh, Speak a little bit about the topic uh, as you're mentioning us to us, uh, what you do today with that, and uh, how you've uh, been gifted, really, um, a way of approaching this so that um, perhaps a broader or more general approach uh, to the way we speak to vibration. Can you tell us a little bit more? Having this human experience and not not the other way around. You know, we are fi- fundamentally beings of consciousness, spiritual beings, and here in this life experience to enjoy life experience, but also to learn, to grow, and to uh, evolve. And so those of us who are really um, sincere about this evolving, you know, aspect of life, really wanting to make the most of our time here, um, are really drawn as opposed to doing this deep dive kind of work and uncovering the the um, limiting beliefs, um, the belief systems that we, you know, adopted from our family, from society, you know, from early experiences that we had or repeated experiences even that we've had throughout life that are limiting our experiences, that are limiting our life experience and our growth. So it's by shining light on those limiting beliefs and really, you know, there's various ways that I work with that that are really powerful that help us to really quickly get to the root of um, whatever it is that is needing to be transformed in any given moment so that we can expand our beliefs and, you know, see where we've been getting stuck and move past them and maybe address some of the underlying fears, you know, does this belief really serve me at this time in my life? Is it something that I'm ready to let go of? Um, Because we always have the power of choice, you know, our conscious choice, our free will ability to make choices for ourselves is the most powerful thing that we have in, in life. And when we make those choices, when we make the choices to let go of the limitations, we reclaim energy right away. We're much, much freer and awake and aware, um, you know, moving forward in our lives. So this has really been um, a focus for me in the work that I do with individuals and what's helped me to transform my own life. And then, you know, I've had some really amazing uh, experiences, you know, gifts along the way. I think gifts from spirit that have inspired me to want to do this. You know, it's not all, you know, hard work. <laughs> there, are these, there are these really joyful and uplifting moments that make it all worth, you know, life, life worth living, you might say. And, you know, I encountered um, some of these more transcendent states in the early days 
you know, studying and teaching at Kripalu Center, um, where we practiced a very inward and meditative form of yoga that, you know, in its more developed expression um, becomes like meditation and motion, where the asanas and the movements flow from the inside out, you know, kind of like a jazz musician improvising on their instrument. Uh, it's like, you know, consciousness moving the physical body, the physical vehicle, and improvising the movements and, you know, bringing us exactly where we needed to be. And so in in the early days, um, Kripalu Center, when I was studying there in the early 90s, was still a yoga ashram. Um, you know, very much modeled on traditional ashrams from India with a teacher or a guru at the head of the um, organization that we learned from. And um, the guru of Kripalu was uh, Yogi Amrit Desai, and his guru from India was a kundalini master. And that's why the tradition is so steeped in the, you know, energetic prana aspects of meditation and movement, I would say. But there were there was a particular um, experience, you know, living in community at that time with about a hundred, you know, dedicated yogis, you know, who had given up their lives on the outside world, a lot of them, and moved into residence at the ashram, and were completely dedicated to the practices of yoga meditation and to living a virtuous life, you might say, and practicing celibacy, um, you know, as part of that too, part of that as well as, you know, uh, you know, many other sort of philosophical and ethical tenets of, of yoga. Um, but during one of these experiences with the yoga community there and with the guru, there was one particular experience that really stands out as being a high for me and an example of what a very high frequency um, um, experience is like. And so in this particular occasion, we were, you know, about a hundred of us, um, you know, meditating and working with sound vibration and mantra with the guru and there was suddenly a, a shift in the field, you might say, in the room that began with the focal point of the experience, who was the guru tapped into consciousness and sort of being a channel for the experience. But there was this very powerful, you know, I'll speak in terms of energy because I have no way of describing it, but there was a shift in energy and tone that came from him. And... I could feel it moving like a wave through the crowd of us that, that were gathered there. I felt it within myself, and I felt it and noticed it all around the room as it moved back, you know, row by row, and there were people crying and gasping and, you know, blissed out, and, you know, some were, you know, um, in yoga poses of various kinds, and I found myself being, my body just spontaneously moving into this deep, deep backbend yoga pose as if I was just opening my heart as wide as I possibly could and um, holding that pose quite effortlessly for several minutes, uh, you know, probably 15 or 20 minutes. And it was an experience that I had been somewhat prepared for because we do practice holding the yoga pose in the Kripalu community and getting, you know, to a place of choiceless awareness and just allowing ourselves to be guided and led by the body, by the intelligence, uh, conscious intelligence of the body. And so it wasn't completely surprising, but it was certainly the deepest experience of it that I'd ever felt uh, and within community. And we were all somewhat altered by that experience, you know, afterwards. And many of us had a difficult time, you know, grounding it or even understanding really what it was that happened to us. Um, so so that was one experience of high frequency oh, that I yeah. experienced within the yoga community. Yeah. And then years later, there was another uh, when I was um, studying shamanism and traveling in the pyramids with the... Um, Mayan elder that I mentioned, Tunbat's man, um, 
And on this particular occasion, we had been doing ceremonies with another Guatemalan shaman at the Pyramids of Tikal in Guatemala, just incredibly massive, majestic uh, pyramid centers there that are ceremonial centers. And he led us in a, a fire ceremony at the Pyramid of Tikal, which was itself very stimulating to my frequency. And then the next day... Um, when we were all in the water, again, another group, a different group, not yogis this time, but people who were spiritual seekers for sure, we were all in the water and we were chanting a mantra to the sun, you know, venerating the sun and opening our energy fields to the frequency of the sun. And I had an experience even more profound than the last where it felt like my heart was just pierced by a laser beam from the sun. And again, I was opened wide, wide open and moved back into this deep backbend again that I recognized from before. It was a very similar frequency of energy. And again, the feelings of bliss and expansion and um, joy that emanated from that experience afterwards of just feeling so Gail, we're so having a little bit of connected. difficulty here with sorry, can you sorry? hear me yes i'm going to ask um, that you take a moment, little please. bit um, that's right yeah, i've been i've been listening different. to you here and i'm going to just come on in here and uh, sit down and and say thank you what you're describing are higher states of consciousness and i yeah. really understand that that's not everybody's experience i'm sure those who go into a yoga pose or go into a process of yoga can identify some of the work in there what about for the person who has a very strong experience in life in general let's just say we get a very good experience and we're very um very taken by life whether it be yoga or or taken in a in another way by life uh and go into a high state how do you support the integration and coming into a more balanced or harmonized way with the world around because you can't really take that into the marketplace, right? So how do you how do you talk to that? How do you help people with harmonizing from that place? Yes, well, it's true that those higher states of consciousness are really are not that sustainable. You know, there's some of the highs and the peak experiences in life and Really, the value in the experience is in the inspiration and being able to take, you know, um, to take that inspiration and bring it back with you as a gift into everyday life, into everyday world, because it's really not of any value to us unless we can apply that experience in our day-to-day interactions with others. Um, so bringing that that feeling of love and deeper connection perhaps from from the experience of the spiritual high or um, super enthusiastic state that you might encounter into day-to-day reality is really the gift of it, you know, to being able to interact with love others from the heart and to inspire others through the power of our own personal frequency, you know, being able to ground it and make it tangible in the world, bring it into our bodies, bring it into our everyday life, and then nourish that higher, um, more integrated experience with our daily practices to keep it alive with meditation practice, with breath practice, with some of the things that I've been describing, so that we can be more available Um, in the moment to ourselves, first of all, not in touch with ourselves, and that makes us more available and more useful to others in terms of being able to be of service and to uh, share from the heart and to bring the wisdom of whatever wisdom we have accessed from higher consciousness into day-to-day application in our lives, you might say, is both the challenge and the reward of the experience because that's how we grow, um, yeah, through that sharing and interaction with one another. We don't evolve and grow in a vacuum. It's um, just like the parts of our body and our experience are interrelated. We are all interconnected as well. 
Thank you and for telling us all about it, Gail. Yeah, um, you're very who, welcome. So mm-hmm. who has who has you who has inspired you the most recently? Who 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 have you worked with that has inspired you in this work? Uh, yes. Well, thanks for asking that because you know, for uh, the first couple of decades of my spiritual journey, I was working within more traditional models in the um, yoga community. And more recently, I've really wanted to understand the science of how this all fits together because it's clear that there's so many amazing breakthroughs being made in science, um, particularly in quantum physics these days, that are explaining to us how the metaphysical and the paranormal actually function within our lives, that our consciousness is you know, a powerful creator of our own realities and reality all around us. And so one of the um, teachers that I've been guided to is um, Tom Campbell, who is a physicist who he actually worked with NASA as a contractor for about 20 years, literally as a rocket scientist. (laughs) And so he has this solid um, science background in physics and uh, what's unique about him, I would say, also is that he's been a lifelong consciousness explorer also and expert on consciousness as one of the founders of the Monroe Institute in the early days in the 1970s, um, where he personally studied um, out-of-body, out-of-body experiences with Bob Monroe, you know, set up a laboratory, recorded, recorded the changes in brainwave frequency in out-of-body states, uh, you know, recorded the different dimensions of experience that he was able to visit and the um, gain access to the records of the past database of our lives, the future database, what some would call the Akashic Records, practiced, he's learned to practice remote viewing and remote healing. And so I discovered him in the last couple of years and have been studying with Tom and finding it just a really super fascinating journey. And I just get a big kick out of hearing a physicist talk about love (laughs) and how from a science perspective, uh, love is what we're here for, love is what we're here to learn, to live together in cooperation and harmony. And, and you know, Tom came to his conclusions. He writes about his theory in his book called um, My Big Toe, or toe meaning theory of everything, uh, where from his early days as a consciousness explorer through his career in physics, as he pondered how it all fit together, he he found the answer, you know, which he explains through his theory of everything, and that his discovery was that consciousness is the primary thing in our lives. The spiritual realm is the part that gives our lives meaning, um, and really the subjective parts of our experience that, are so difficult to measure, you know, our relationships, our our love, our values, the things that we um, find our purpose in in life are difficult to measure, but they're the most fundamental and most meaningful to us, you know, when we're on we're on our deathbeds, getting ready to make that next transition. Um, well, thank you. And so he came to this conclusion. Yes. Thank you. That, so we're going to be reality is just a, yes. Sorry. We're going to be closing off now, and uh, okay. if you had one minute to tell us a little bit about how would you, what would you like to say to folks who are who've tuned in and don't really know anything about what what is one very easy thing that they can do to consider tuning in to your personal vibratory rate. To your personal um, frequency. Well, to begin wherever you are are now in your life and uh, to take a step back, you know, to look at the bigger picture of what really gives you satisfaction, you know, what do you feel that you uniquely are here to share with the world through your own personal frequency and creativity and life experience? Um you know, to shift to the perspective of your higher consciousness or your soul, you know, what would guidance, what perspective would your soul, your higher consciousness be giving you if you could have it right there, you know, 
over your shoulder speaking to you as your personal life coach. Um, and is there a really way that people can reach you, Gail? Yes, absolutely. Through my webpage is the best way, um, which is uh, ashagaildeleman.com. Shall I spell that out? or uh, ashagaildeleman.com. Yes. Thank you. So and yeah. and yeah. please tell us, uh, what would you like people to know about your work today? Um, well, uh, I, I offer anyone who's interested to apply for, uh, you know, a free um, discovery session with me, a phone call, um, where we can talk about your unique um, life issues at the moment, places where you may be getting stuck. Um, so they can do that on my webpage. But the first thing that will pop up when you go to my webpage is a personal frequency quiz. Thank you very much, Gail. Quiz. Thank you. Yes. And I'm welcoming you and thanking you. Uh, for sharing your your good work today. Uh, And for those interested in Five Blossom Gatherings and the work that we do, I I visit you also to visit fiveblossomgatherings.com. We also have a new program there opening up, and we welcome you to join us for an unveiling for as we highlight five areas to blossom and explore what we do. So this is Denise from Five Blossom Gatherings. Thanking you, Gail Dealman, for sharing your work today. Good night. Thank you for joining us this week for Five Blossom Radio with Denise Richard. Please tune into our next program. We're live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we speak again, may you have a harmonious week.